Hey everybody, it's Monday and it is Marvelous Motivating Monday. And before I do the initial hello everyone for my episode, I want to point out that for me, I'm motivated by me having faith in things being better and going to work out. So on my Marvelous Motivating Monday, I will open up my episodes with a song and it's a gospel song of a different type. And you don't have to be religious to appreciate the words in the song. So I don't want anyone offended. It's not religious to hear this song at the beginning on my Marvelous Motivating Mondays. But the whole point is to motivate you and to have faith in the fact that whatever you're going through, it is going to be all right. So on this Marvelous Motivating Monday... As I said, I'm going to open up the show with a song, and then I'm going to welcome everyone to the episode. Thank you. Oh, 
everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the Ladies Promoting Transparent Advocacy Podcast. I am your podcast host, Shay Pate. It is our second marvelous, marvelous Motivating Monday. And I decided that I wanted to do something different for today. I want to talk about the importance of voting. Today in the state of Georgia, early voting starts And I've been checking out the news about all the different places that the presidential candidates are visiting. I know our president is going to my home state of Pennsylvania today, according to the news. I'm guessing we'll find out if he's actually visiting there. If we get an update that he's not visiting there, he was scheduled to. And the reason why I'm mentioning this, I'm in the state of Georgia, and as everybody knows, Georgia is now unfortunately known as the state to suppress the vote. And I need you guys to get out there and vote. One of my coworkers texted me this morning. She's in line early voting, saying how long the lines were. And I told her I'm glad to hear that because I've been early voting lately as well. And the lines have been long. A long line is a good sign. And right now in Georgia, in some parts of the state, it is actually raining. So that's how important your vote is. I decided to change today's episode to talk about the Electoral College because the Electoral College, whether people believe it or not, it does decide on who wins the presidency. Now, with that being said, please, please, please do not think that means, oh, well, my vote don't count. What's the point of me going out there and voting? Because that's not true. So what I decided to do today is do a little bit of research on the explanation of why we even have the Electoral College. Personally, I think after the 2000 election where Al Gore won the popular vote, and as we know, Florida decided who was going to uh, actually win the election, then, of course, with the Supreme Court uh, putting their, uh, their votes in. And as we know, Jeb Bush was the governor of Florida. So, I mean... Then, of course, look at what happened in 2016. Hillary Clinton won the popular vote. And in spite of any interference or whatever that happened with the actual outcome, it was determined that the Electoral College determined the 2016 vote. So uh, I was doing a research project, this is years ago, about the Electoral College, and it was so confusing to me. And I kept saying, well, if we do not elect the president with our vote, what's the point of us voting? Just let the Toro College vote. But it's not as simple as it sounds. And another thing that determines all of this is the census. You know, a lot of people I know have not filled out their census report. And I found a clip. It's an animated clip. And I wish you could actually see the video. And you can. It's on YouTube. But I found a clip from an organization that I'm actually going to be doing another episode from their uh, research on social media and how it's affecting not just the vote, but our lives every day. So that's a whole nother episode coming up soon. But I'm going to play an animated clip from an organization called TED Ed. I think it's a, edu- a technology educational based type of company. But like I said, I was actually doing research on them for a different episode. So I will get you more details on that. Or as I always encourage, do your research and go check out and see what TED is. It stands for something. I'm not really sure, but 
I found a video and it was uh, Ted Ad on YouTube. So I'm going to play the video that explains to you why the Electoral College uh, exists and how important your census is. Fill out that census report because here's the thing. The census report determines how many elect, excuse me, electoral, elect, election officials your state has. And one of the things they kept talking about all over the weekend is that the target states, the states that the people know if they count up the right number of electoral college votes, they will get to the magic number of 270, which is what you need to win the presidency. And so a lot of times they call these 11 states the swing states. But this weekend, they were targeting one specific state saying it may determine the entire election. And that's why I decided to do this episode, because that state is my home state of Pennsylvania. Now, ironically, the Republicans in the state of Pennsylvania was doing something a little shady, too, and got caught by, well, I'll say they got told on. I don't know if he actually caught them, but he's the one that's all over the uh the news talking about it by a state representative. And I'm not going to mention his name right now because I'm going to do, he's going to be our this week's uh, fantastic fellas Friday because I'm glad he put this out there and it's been out there for about a month about what was happening in the state of Pennsylvania and how the GOP lawmakers was trying to do a little bit of trickery. They claim it was legal. I'm not sure, but over this past weekend, they changed their mind. So I'm I'm just really not thinking they just volunteered to change their mind because their whole goal was to get Pennsylvania to flip totally uh, Republican and the president is supposed to be going there today. I don't believe in coincidences. I think all this kind of goes hand in hand. And this is why you need to fill out your census and you need to vote. So I want to play two versions of what, what the Electoral College is. And the reason why is because a lot of the younger people that are not even old enough to vote or kind of paying attention to the election, whether it's based on conversations they're hearing in their home or even conversations they're having with their friends on social media. So they did. I, I found another video and it's not by Ted Ad, but it's for explaining the Electoral Colleges to kids. So I thought that would be helpful for adults who may have kids in their home that are involved in checking out what's happening with the presidential election. And the parents may not understand how to explain it. So I decided that I would um, play both of these back to back. And the first one is definitely going to be for the adults. But the second one is going to be how do you explain it to your children? So I hope you enjoy this and I hope this is helpful to encourage you to fill out your census report pretty please and make sure you send it in as soon as possible and also not only make sure you're registered to vote go vote and if you can early vote definitely early vote i've become an early voter at this point and i just do it just in case something goes wrong and you don't totally get knocked out of the voting process. So I go early vote in case something goes wrong. It still gives me enough time to get it changed so I can still vote before uh, November 3rd or whenever the election day is that year. 
So just listen to the Electoral College videos and then we'll come back on the other end. ...of the Electoral College during presidential election years. But what exactly is the Electoral College? Simply said, it is a group of people appointed by each state who formally elect the president and vice president of the United States. To understand how this process began and how it continues today, we can look at the Constitution of the United States. Article 2, Section 1, Clause 2 of the Constitution. It specifies how many electors each state is entitled to have. Since 1964, there have been 538 electors in each presidential election. How did they decide on the number 538? Well, the number of electors is equal to the total voting membership of the United States Congress. 435 representatives, plus 100 senators, and three electors from the District of Columbia. Essentially, the Democratic candidate and Republican candidate are each trying to add up the electors in every state so that they surpass 270 electoral votes, or just over half of 538 votes, and win the presidency. So how do states even get electoral votes? Each state receives a particular number of electors based on population size. The census is conducted every 10 years, so every time the census happens, states might gain or lose a few electoral votes. Let's say you're a voter in California, a state with 55 electoral votes. If your candidate wins in California, they get all 55 of the state's electoral votes. If your candidate loses, they get none. This is why many presidential candidates want to win states like Texas, Florida, and New York. If you currently add up the electoral votes of those three states, you would have 96 electoral votes. Even if a candidate won North Dakota, South Dakota, Montana, Wyoming, Vermont, New Hampshire, Connecticut, and West Virginia, they would only gain 31 electoral votes total from those eight states. Here's where it can get a little tricky. On a rare occasion, like in the year 2000, someone can win the popular vote, but fail to gain 270 electoral votes. This means that the winner may have won and collected their electoral votes by small margins, winning just enough states with just enough electoral votes, but the losing candidate may have captured large voter margins in the remaining states. If this is the case, the very large margins secured by the losing candidate in the other states would add up to over 50% of the ballots cast nationally. Therefore, the losing candidate may have gained more than 50% of the ballots cast by voters, but failed to gain 270 of the electoral votes. Some critics of the Electoral College argue the system gives an unfair advantage to states with large numbers of electoral votes. Think of it this way. It is possible for a candidate to not get a single person's vote, not one vote, in 39 states or the District of Columbia, yet be elected president by winning the popular vote in just 11 of these 12 states. California, New York, Texas, Florida, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Ohio, Michigan, New Jersey, North Carolina, Georgia, or Virginia. This is why both parties pay attention to these states. However, others argue that the Electoral College protects small states, such as Rhode Island, Vermont, and New Hampshire, and even geographically large states with small populations, like Alaska, Wyoming, and the Dakotas. That's because a candidate can't completely ignore small states, because in a close election, every electoral vote counts. There are certain states that have a long history of voting for a particular party. These are known as safe states. For the past four election cycles, in 1996, 2000, 2004, and 2008, Democrats could count on states like Oregon, Maryland, 
Michigan, and Massachusetts. Whereas the Republicans could count on states like Mississippi, Alabama, Kansas, and Idaho. States that are teetering between parties are called swing states. In the past four election cycles, Ohio and Florida have been swing states, twice providing electoral votes for a Democratic candidate and twice providing electoral votes for a Republican candidate. Think about it. Do you live in a safe state? If so, is it a Democratic or Republican safe state? Do you live in a swing state? Are your neighboring states swing or safe? Is the population in your state increasing or decreasing? And do not forget, when you're watching the electoral returns on election night every four years, and the big map of the United States is on the screen, know that the magic number is 270 and start adding. <laughs> Electoral College for Kids. Hey, kids. By now, you probably know what a college is. That's right. It's a school where students go after they're done with high school to study subjects in a more intense, advanced way. But in this video, we're going to be talking about a different type of college, the Electoral College. The Electoral College is actually not for students, has no teachers, and requires no books. Sounds like your kind of college, right? The Electoral College is actually something set up by our founding fathers in the United States Constitution as a way of determining who wins the election for U.S. president that we hold every four years. I know what you're thinking. Doesn't the person who receives the most votes for president across the country win the election? Well, yes, but they have to receive the most votes in the Electoral College, not the popular vote. Here's what happened. When the Founding Fathers wrote the Constitution, which is the document that outlines how the United States would be run, they established something called the Electoral College to determine who becomes president. It works like this. Each state has a certain number of electoral votes. When a person running for president wins that state, they receive the state's electoral votes. Each state has a certain number of electors. California has the most, with 55 while Alaska, Delaware, Montana, North and South Dakota, and Wyoming have the least with three. The number of electors is based on the population of that state. There are a total of 538 electoral votes, so a candidate would need to win 270, or a majority of that total, to become president. So, if a person running for president wins enough states to get to 270 electoral votes, they become president. Sometime after the November election, all the electors get together to officially cast their vote for whoever won their state. That group of electors is called the Electoral College. But let's step back a second and talk about how you go from being a presidential candidate to winning the Electoral College and become president. It's not that easy. As you may know, the election for U.S. president occurs every four years. Either someone new can run, or the current president can try to win again, so he or she can serve a second term. No president is allowed to serve more than two consecutive terms. To run for president, you must have been born in this country and be at least 35 years old. Running for president is a long, laborious process and campaigns typically last more than a year. There are usually a bunch of people who want to be president, 
and most often they're either a Democrat or a Republican. There are other political parties too, but it's very unusual for someone who is not a Democrat or Republican to win. Candidates from different parties have been known to take votes away from the Democrat or Republican candidates, but not enough to become president, at least not in recent years. Before the main election for president, which takes place in early November every four years, there are primaries in each state to narrow down the candidates from each party to just one. Once the leading candidates are chosen, they typically go from state to state to campaign and try to convince people to vote for them. Then, on election day, people over 18 cast their votes in each state, and the winner of the Electoral College becomes president for a four-year term. Because of the Electoral College, it's actually possible for a candidate to win more individual votes across the whole country, but still lose the Electoral College, and therefore lose the entire election. In fact, it's happened five times. Donald Trump, John Quincy Adams, Rutherford B. Hayes, Benjamin Harrison, and George W. Bush have all become president while losing the popular vote. So why did the Founding Fathers set up the Electoral College in the first place? As they saw it, they didn't want ordinary people choosing the president directly because they thought they wouldn't be well enough informed to select the best candidate. So they preferred the idea of using electors from each state to choose on behalf of the citizens. The founders also didn't want the largest states having more influence in the election because they had the largest population. So, for example, a state like California with lots of people could get together with other large states like Texas, Ohio, and Florida and choose the president. The Electoral College gives the voters in small population states, like Vermont or New Hampshire, a say in the election. It means candidates have to campaign in every state to win enough Electoral College votes to be president. If the election were just based on population, candidates would only campaign in larger populous states, like California, Ohio, Texas, New York, and Florida. What do you think about that? Would you rather have the popular vote decide who wins or electors from each state? Which do you think is fairer? Initially, the Constitution also said that the person who received the second most electoral college votes would become the vice president. That changed in 1804 when the 12th Amendment was passed, making it so the candidate for president could pick his or her VP running mate. Because of the electoral college system, when candidates run for president, they often focus their attention on just the states they think they need to win to become president, rather than focusing on all the states equally. So, for example, if a candidate thinks winning Pennsylvania and its 20 electoral votes will help them become president, they'll spend more time there than other states. This focus on states is one of the criticisms of the Electoral College. If you live in a state that one of the candidates know he or she will easily win, you might feel left out if that person never comes to your state to earn your vote. Have you heard of red and blue states? Those labels are the result of the Electoral College. Over the past several presidential elections, states that the Democratic candidate is pretty sure he or she will win have been labeled blue, 
which is the color symbolizing Democrats, and states that the Republican candidate is pretty sure he or she will win have been marked red, which is the Republican color. Some states have even been labeled purple. Those are states where it's not clear who will win. You'll often find candidates from both parties spend a lot of time in these purple states trying to win votes. Do you live in a blue, red, or purple state? If you don't know, take a look at which candidate has won the electoral votes in your state over the last several elections. So what happens if no candidate gets enough electoral votes needed to become president? Then Congress decides who wins. This has happened twice, 1801 and 1825. To sum up, the Electoral College is not a college at all, but a group of electors who choose our president based on how candidates do in their states. The result is that a candidate can get the most votes in the country as a whole, but still lose the Electoral College. For better or worse, we're the only country in the world that uses this system. Now that you've studied up on the Electoral College and know more about how presidents are elected, you've become a more informed citizen. No matter how our elections go and whether or not you'll live in a blue or red state, one thing's for sure, being informed is a good thing. Thanks for following Clarendon Learning. Be sure to subscribe. For more free resources, check us out at clarendonlearning.org. I don't know about you guys, but after listening to the two videos, they were both animated. I think the second one for kids was much more informative. It really broke it down, but it also explained to you how you do need to vote, no matter what you think about the electoral colleges, because we really, really can make a difference. And I just want to mention the 11 states that are the key states with the biggest electoral colleges. One of them is Georgia, which is where I am now. And as I mentioned earlier, today starts early voting, so we need to get out and vote. And another one is the state in which I'm from, Pennsylvania. And I just want to give you a guy, you guys a uh, idea of how many electoral colleges are in these 11 states. The first state, California, 55. The state of Texas, 38. The state of Illinois, 20. Michigan, 16. Ohio, 18. Pennsylvania, 20. New York, 29. New Jersey, 14. Georgia, 16. And Florida, 29. And the last state they mentioned was North Carolina, which is 15. Those are the biggest electoral college voting number states. And what I'm going to do on the banner of this episode, I'm going to actually put the Electoral College map on it. That'll be the banner with the number of votes in each state so you can have that information for yourself. So as he said in the video, we have to do our research. And it's, it sounds like he was also saying that that's why the Electoral College exists because the Founding Fathers know that people aren't as informed as they should be. So take that as advice. You need to get informed. You need to do your research and you definitely need to do two more things. One is fill out the census report and vote, vote, vote. 
your vote will count and your census report will count because as he said in one the first video the electoral colleges goes by the population and if you don't fill out the census vote you are making the population of your area seem less than what it is i know i'm in a small city in georgia our mayor is really good at explaining that to us she follows up and makes sure we did our census report, which I did mine immediately, but she still follows up because she needs to let people know, even in this small city, you know, we're expanding, we're building houses. We might need a new school for the children in the houses, but if we don't let the people know that there's X amount of kids in the house, they may feel they don't need another school. These are just small everyday examples that you guys need to pay attention to your police departments, your fire departments. If you got a zillion houses in one little police department, they can't cover all them houses, so you may need another police department. So please fill out your census, register to vote, make sure you're registered. If you can early vote, vote in person if you can, then that way if something goes wrong, you still have time to fix it and vote before November 3rd. And if you have to fill out the ballot, please pay attention to the ballot. If you're not sure what things mean, call someone you may know. I'm getting phone calls all the time asking to help them figure out what's on the ballot. So I'm more than happy to help people figure it out. So go to people if you need help to get questions answered regarding voting. So I hope this information about the Electoral College is really informative for you guys. And I hope you really pay attention of how important it is to vote and fill out your census report. So next, I will be doing Wonderful Women Wednesday. I don't know, between today and Wednesday, I don't know. I mean, just like this, I had no, I had a whole different agenda for motivating, marvelous motivating Monday. But I really want you guys to be motivated to vote. So I decided this was way more important at this time. So I want you guys to follow us on Twitter. We're at, at Advocacy Ladies, capital A is in Advocacy, capital L is in Ladies. If you have any topics or show ideas or comments, please give us a, give us a call at 404-855-7723. Or you can send us an email at podcasthostshaypate19 at gmail.com. And I like you guys to follow me, please. I can be reached on all the apps. It's too many to keep naming them, but I'm everywhere right now. And if you want to get a specific episode, type in Shay Pate, and that's capital S, well, all caps, S-H-A hyphen, P-T-A hyphen. The P-T-A stands for Pittsburgh to Atlanta, always representing my states and cities. So I just want you guys to stay informed, do your research, and remember your vote does count. You know, I like to end all my, excuse me, my episodes with the question, what do you have to say? Thank you for listening.